This is the Deezer Update for July 14th, 2019. I'm Franklin Alpha. I'm Patrick Mifflin. And I'm Brandon Perkins. And uh, Crystal OG will be joining us in a little bit. Uh, so yeah, hopefully you guys are have had a good week and not completely melted into a puddle of goo. Uh, uh, I've gotten close. Yeah, I'm I had in to there. go take I had to go take the, the garbage to the dump yesterday. <laughs> so yeah. I was hot and stinky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh jeez, uh, summer in Georgia. Go mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been uh, one of those doldrum weeks of summer. Uh, yeah. But uh, thankfully, uh, Nintendo and Konami saved us. Sort of. Mostly. Kind of. Yeah. Mostly Nintendo. Konami came in and did what is uncharacteristically kind of a cool move, yeah. and which worries me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, well, they've been... They've been doing those fairly steadily of late. Yeah, so. well, uh, you know, a, a pattern is emerging, and I kind of like it. So hopefully mm-hmm. it means a turnaround over there, but um, it's it's going to be a while before we really know for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll just get into what we've been doing this week, and, well, no surprise here, uh, still Bloodstained. Uh, yep. Kind of been focusing on the PC version, which i got to say is the best version of the game. Uh, yeah, there's yeah, there's just no doubt about that one. Uh, PS4 Pro probably second or the Xbox One X. That one's a bit of a toss up, even though it has frame rate issues at 4K. Where yeah, so uh, but yeah, it's a good game. Uh, it's full of just little nods and stuff that you ne- don't necessarily pick up on the first time you go through it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of good stuff. So. Uh, apart from that, uh, I've been, uh, you know, uh, updating my Raspberry Pi. I uh, got a new front end for it called uh, Blast 16, so it basically turned it into a nice little um, Genesis with Sega CD and 32X nice. and Master mm-hmm. System and Game Gear. Yep. Yeah, all the Segas in uh, one so one nice little package. Um, would be nice if he added uh, like the System 16 arcade stuff in there too. That'd be pretty cool, but uh, I'm pretty cool with the way it is so far. So, and uh, no, I don't have a Raspberry Pi 4 yet. Uh, I intend to get one at some point, but uh, they had a little bit of an, a production issue which they need to work out. Uh, seems like they wired the power port wrong, mm-hmm. so that could be a problem. <laughs> Like, huh? I'm feeding power into my data line. That's that's not a good thing. That's that's supposed to go. And, and there. how many fires have they caused? Uh, <laughs> so far, none that I'm aware of. But uh, that's because the uh, the official power supply that they ship with it was also wired wrong. So that was okay. But if you use a standard USB C <laughs> power supply, like you know, you would, would get it with a phone or whatever. Uh, it could either not work or explode. So, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, I'm sure your ISP would be wondering what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, don't want that. Uh, but yeah, I'm waiting for that all to stabilize, and then I'll eventually end up getting one. And uh, progress is being made. Uh, RetroPie, they've got their their units, and they're like wondering what the fuck happened. It's <laughs> 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 now all of the stuff that they did don't work no more. Um, so yeah, getting that to work again is going to be fun. But yeah, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what about you, Pat? Uh, Shadowbringers. 
Yeah. I'm just completely glued to that game. Uh, yeah, it, I'm going through my second playthrough of the main story quest, and this is Square Enix at their storytelling best. It, as far we're 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 talking about decades that you would have to go back, yeah, to find something of this level because, um. Yeah, this really needs to be the team that gets entrusted with the franchise moving forward. Hmm. Um, everything that you want from a Final Fantasy game has been carried out quite faithfully here, hmm. and it's just a joy to experience. And uh, you know, even though it's coming at you in the form of an MMO, um, it's they they still made it work. Um, you know, to the point where if you're playing through it and you you skip to Shadowbringers with um, you know, a Mog Station purchase, hmm. it's all you can make it all be single player content except for three boss fights hmm. if you want. Um, all the dungeons in Shadowbringers can be done as single player content. Um, it feels and looks like a single-player Final Fantasy game while you're going through it. I, um, you know, if you want to experience it that way, you certainly have that option. And this is a very acceptable form of main series Final Fantasy if they decide to take that route. Um, It could very easily be adapted to a true single-player experience. Mm. And I never... I never thought I'd say that about any MMO, but I think the formula has been discovered. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Part of me wonders if they're not doing that, uh, with the, uh, with end of life plans. It's like basically like once the, 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 uh, the MMO portion of it wraps up, uh, if the whole thing just doesn't get bundled up into a single player, uh, experience, uh, which would be unprecedented for an MMO. Usually, when they yeah. end, they just end. But I think we got to get to Final Fantasy XI end of life before we get to, before we start talking about Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. But um, you know, Final Fantasy eleven main story quest ended like five or six years ago, and it you know it's still active online and has subscri- active subscribers. And I think it was called uh, Square Enix's single most profitable game of all time. So, hmm. um, you know, it's it's a long way off before we're talking about end of Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this game had another full decade in it um, before they're even done writing story. To yeah. be completely honest, um, and it's just such a good formula that it could probably outlive itself by another five or ten years yeah. um, from there. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what's next. We're getting the the Eden Raid series here in a few days, and um, it's kind of weird imagining a Final Fantasy VIII tie-in with um, Final Fantasy XIV in general, but also uh, Shadowbringers in particular. But I have thought of some pretty cool ways to... Um, that they could implement that, and so maybe I'm I'm hoping I'm right. But um, you guys are all familiar with Final Fantasy VIII, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. To varying degrees, yeah. So um, the the th- overarching theme of the Raid series in uh, Shadowbringers is going to be uh, venturing out past the wall of light that uh, swallowed everything up 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, gradually over time, uh, using what they call the power of Eden to um, to take back the land and restore the first. And, you know, the tie-ins with past games haven't always been, like, strict, um, same context, same application, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But thinking about it, um, that could actually be a perfect application for Final Fantasy VIII, um, you know, the way that fourteen tends to remix those things. Because um, if you look at the promotional image for the Raid series, it just shows, like, a small patch of vegetation starting to grow in a field of what has basically been etheric stasis. So if the, you know, if we're going to basically be reclaiming the, the lands of the first uh, piecemeal, and slowly retaking them in small colonies. What would be a good name for those? Gardens, perhaps? <laughs> nice. Hmm. Gardens and, of Eden. Huh. Yeah. And, well, gardens in the Final Fantasy VIII sense, which were the mobile military academies that um, basically did... Um, basically did... Um, mercenary work around the world. So, uh, and the organization was called seed. Hmm. So I think the shoe fits to where, uh, that same terminology could apply and you might, and even, um, including those, uh, you know, those mobile elements for, uh, going from one place to another, uh, around the world. And, sort of reclaiming the land. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you go back to Final Fantasy VIII and um, look at the Eden Summon, which has also been visually referred to um, in the promotional materials for Shadowbringers, um, there was an event in Final Fantasy XIV historically about 12,000 years prior to the game called the Sundering, Mm-hmm. Where the the source, the one world, was um, split into fourteen of them, and if you look at that summon, uh, there's a lot of imagery that is consistent with uh, that whole event, uh, even going back as far as Final Fantasy VIII. So, um, I found I found that to be very interesting. So we'll see how Square Enix themselves apply it. I'm sure that um, I'm sure that whatever Yoshida does, it'll be fantastic. But um, I think Shadowbringers is much more um, primed for a Final Fantasy VIII tie-in than a lot of people believe. Yeah. So well, don't forget they're also doing a remaster of sorts of. Uh, yeah, the timing there is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think that's uh, coincidental. Nope. Mm-mm. So I'm, I'm really hoping that that, that this is going to be a, 
what I think it is because that would be a pretty cool premise for a raid series. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm. So All right. How about you, Brandon? Uh, Bloodstained as well. Um, in fact, I've one hundred. <laughs> I've one hundred percented it. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So. Basically, in order to 100% this thing, yeah, you have to go through all the uh, major areas, make sure that uh, all of the, you know, the areas are recorded in your map so that, you know, it's a complete map and there aren't, like, little black splotches everywhere. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's something you kind of have to do because, especially as you're going through, like, the main campaign, because... There are points when you don't want to really fight any of these people because they're a little too powerful or you need to, like, get to a safe point as fast as you can. Yeah. And so you end up forgetting a lot of stuff <laughs> on the way through it, which is <laughs> kind of why the game, why it's worth going back and going through all of those areas again. Um, my recommendation is that if you are... Getting close to the final boss, and I mean like the real, actual final boss, not the, the uh, I guess for lack of a better term, disc one final boss. <laughs> yeah. That, that, uh, mm-hmm. um, is before you actually go and fight the two final bosses, because it does that kind of bullshit where it gives you one boss fight and then immediately another boss fight and with no time to you know, save or power up or whatever. Yeah. Um, my recommendation would be to go and fight the uh, three optional bosses, mostly because, for one thing, uh, the Warhorse boss in particular gives you a very strong... Uh, well, actually, all three of them give you pretty strong uh, weapons to use. I was going to say, it has to be a gear thing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, uh, I can't remember, I don't think it's the Carpenter, no. Um, but like, for example, uh, the War Horse, which again is basically just zombie Simon Belmont, he gives you a, well, basically, for lack of a better word, it's a sort of XP version of the Castlevania throwing cross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, which. Well, that's pretty fucking useful. Yeah, it is, especially when you get it just right. Um, because, you know, it goes and then it keeps attacking and then comes back. So, um, I also recommend that as you're doing that, try and get, you know, and this was the weapon I eventually got, which was called the Bandit Blade. Mm-hmm. It's a really strong uh, short sword that, you know, if you if you equip it and then equip your um, accessories just enough, and especially equip the... Um, the sword mastery shard. Yeah. Um, you'll be able to actually use it and like put hits out pretty fast. Um, and also I would recommend that, you know, you're going to be tempted to go and only like when you're going to like a store or whatever, uh, to fill up on only health items. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Get the health items. Yeah. But also get like, you know, the stuff to refill your magic meter, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, and also fill it up with whatever food that you can prepare. Because mm. uh, 
you'll run out of those potions pretty fast, <laughs> especially with the last uh, two bosses. Yeah. Um, also, that 8-bit nightmare section is really hard, <laughs> and I recommend that you go through the main story first before you attempt it. Because the because it's basically recycled assets from Curse of the Moon, it they don't really operate on the same the same um, yeah, they rules. Don't have, at, <laughs> they don't have the same mechanics that the the rest of the game does. No, they you know they don't you know fall back if you attack them. They really have no uh, sense of self preservation. They will just come at you permanently and um, fucking waste Terminator. time. Yeah. yeah. Also, the, the boss in that particular area, mm. you're going to want to get some um, some flame-resistant armor <laughs> yeah. because uh, he has these really powerful fire attacks, at, especially the uh, one where it's basically just waves of fire from the ceiling and the floor. Yeah. Um. And you think the one is the first one is bad enough. Then he doubles up the waves on the ceiling, which means that you can't really jump forward because you'll basically be jumping into one of them coming mm-hmm. towards you. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is the first game I've hundred percented in like fifteen years. So, mm. so I'm a little bit behind on this because of Shadowbringers. Um, I have to ask both of you. Actually, was it disappointing at all to find that a hundred percent actually meant a hundred percent? Mm, not really. This time around? Nah. Mm. Not really. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, there's there's going to be more. We're mm-hmm. kind of already... I'm kind of already sure of that, because once you once you have a complete save, more stuff opens up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's like I think they're like the new game plus and stuff. I think there's more stuff going to be going to be added over time. Yeah. Um, okay. There's two other okay. characters, for instance. But, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the uh, the very last boss you can fight in this game uh, before you know to finally like complete everything is Od. Yeah. Who's the, yeah? He's the dude that runs the library. He's he's Alucard. Yeah, basically mentioned. Like that. it's not, it's not it, even subtle. Nope. nope. It is. He looks like Alucard. He sounds like Alucard. His move set is one hundred percent Alucard. <laughs> did they call in Crispin Freeman? Yes. No. For yeah, the, they did for the voice acting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. same voice actor. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, he is. Even compared to the legit final boss, he is the hardest boss you will fight in the game. Yeah. Well, that, um, is, that isn't DLC. No. There is one other, but uh, you have to actually buy him. Yeah. Koji Igarashi. Yeah. Igarashi is, in fact, one of the final boss, one of the bosses you can fight, because of course That's he fantastic. is. fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you beat him, you get the sword whip. It's mm-hmm. a whip that's also a sword. Two things in one. Yay! <laughs> so it's basically Ivy's yeah. <laughs> from Soul Calibur. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> I think that's oh, kind yeah. of the the trope definer for that kind of weapon at this point. Yeah. 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 So but, uh, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> All right. 
so uh, Chris hasn't arrived yet, so we'll just jump right into the news. Mm-hmm. And uh, see what we got here. First up, well, probably one of the worst kept secrets of gaming for this year was the uh, new Switch hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the uh, Nintendo Switch Lite, finally announced. Yep. It's two hundred bucks. Uh, it well, it's it's not really a, a Switch because it doesn't it doesn't do the thing. It doesn't switch. Does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a handheld. Um, I, I'd like to say that this is the replacement for the 3DS, and I'm going to say that even though Nintendo uh, doesn't or will not acknowledge that yet. Uh, but it is. Yeah. I, um, the thing that got me with that is that Nintendo were, was saying that we, yeah, we su- plan on supporting the 3DS line in perpetuity. Um, you know, even though we're launching the Switch Lite. Okay, and out some fucking games then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Any new 3DS games? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's... So let's uh, get into the details of it. It's basically a handheld Switch. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, from what uh, Eurogamer has says, it's running the new a newer, just smaller version of the Switch uh, and the NVIDIA X1 SoC. Uh, nothing overly, you know, nothing special there. Just it will run low, lower power and get better battery life. So uh, good yeah. for handheld users. So probably one of the yeah, things that they want. Which is, you know, what you're kind of stuck with if you're buying one of these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, for a lot of people, that's kind of... Um, that's kind of the point. <laughs> they yeah. just got, that's the only way they actually play their switch. So, and they found a way to get the switch down to $200, which is going to be even more of a license to print money for them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Plus, uh, it, it also has the uh, advantage of not supporting HD rumble, which, uh, I don't know if that's an advantage or not for some people, but it does mean that you can't play one, two switch. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think that's a feature. We it, need the, yeah, you need the detachable um, Joy-Cons anyway for that. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, oh yeah, true. That's one of the big things about that game. So, yeah, However, does it have the um, does it have the ability to connect controllers wirelessly? Uh, supposedly, yes, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> so it's... I, I'm thinking this um, might have a roundabout way of getting a. Um, getting a consoleized or getting console play out of it. Except it doesn't. Because I noticed it doesn't dock. No, it seems to have the same interface. So what happens if you throw it on a dock? Yeah, well, it might kind of flop around in there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll connect. I yeah, I mean, the connector's the same. Connector's mm. the same. Well, it's USB C, so that's that's the universal connector. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're doing, but they've uh, like I, from the reports that I've read, it does not dock. Uh, hmm. so, interesting. Yeah, but this isn't probably not the only Switch revision we're going to see. There's probably going to be another, uh, well, revision of the standard Switch. Oh, com- I'm sure coming later with that same chip. So you know, yeah, and the battery benefits are going to be good there too. Yeah. And, you know, that one will have, you know, docked benefits as well, because that chip can also boost higher. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe they call that the Switch Pro, but I doubt it. I think the Switch Pro is going to be another revision probably next year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's, um, 
Switch Pro would probably be a thing to counter ninth gen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm guessing they're probably going to go with uh, NVIDIA again to maintain the backwards compatibility because I th- yeah. think they've learned that yeah, abandoning the yeah, your users so early is not a good idea. Uh, so. Well, imagine if by some means they didn't have to go through the whole Wii U evacuation plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much time and development would that have saved? <laughs> much. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, they, they look good. They come in colors. They're 200 bucks. Um, I see this being a very big seller over the holidays. Yeah. Uh, especially for... Uh, it's a version of the Switch that you're not dumb for letting your kid take to school. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Well, I mean, two hundred bucks is still two hundred bucks, but at least it looks like uh, it's, it's in the class better. of some three uh, DS models. Yeah, mm. yeah, and that's what the two DS was for. And, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, so that's the uh, Nintendo Switch Lite. Um, we'll know more once you know somebody actually gets their hands on it. Uh, Lee said he was uh, going to get one for his kid. Uh, so yeah, we'll check that out. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be interested to see how the uh... How they handle two uh, people having two of them, like how you be able to manage saves and all that between uh, one account. That's true. That's like the thing that I'm curious. I'm interested in getting one, but if they're gonna fuck that part of it up, then no, no chance. Also, and, hey Chris. Oh, hi hey. Chris. Because <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, uh, one of my favorite games or one of my most anticipated games coming up is Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Doesn't support. <laughs> Cloud saves. God damn it, Nintendo. Oof. So, like, you're going to have to have separate saves, essentially, on each platform. Yeah. Unless they have some way to move it between them. them. Well, I can kind of see why they would do that with Animal Crossing, because the potential for save scumming would be considerable. Yeah, yeah but you'd only be kind of cheating yourself. Yeah. It's like, I just want to not have to collect... A million things again on the new one. Start over again. Yeah, that's kind of my thing. Well, there is yeah. a. I mean, with the 3DS, they did have a, a system to system migrator. Um, yeah, so. but it was only you can only have one system per account. Yeah, so I'm wondering if they're. Yeah, <laughs> wondering how they're going. That's the whole thing. It's sure. like because there's going to be a lot of parents that are like, "Well, we'll keep the big one, and you can have the small one. You can throw it around, step on it, whatever. It's your problem." Mm. Uh, sort of thing, but. Yeah, kind of like Lee. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm sure he would definitely be interested in not having to buy versions of games just for his kid. Yeah, like yeah. just have it be like I own this, you can use it, yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's one thing Nintendo is still very weak at is the whole uh, family sharing thing. Yeah, but mm-hmm. basically the entire on Nintendo Switch online service is kind of shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Although I do like their version of the family plan because I actually do benefit from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's just like they have the, the groundwork is there, but it's all the parts that just don't connect that just are really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, you have a friend's list on the Switch. Mm. It doesn't give you any benefits in Super Mario Maker 2. Yeah. Nope. So you have to go find your friends outside of the Switch ecosystem to say, hey, what's your code? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus fucking That sort of Christ. shit. And it's like, why is the friends why is the friends list a thing if it's not going to be used in games? Yeah. Are you undermining your own damn service? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, they, they, it's like, like this isn't like a Wii where there's like a it's a hodgepodge of network services. Yeah, that don't really commingle. It's like this this is all supposed to be one package. Yeah, they're actually trying to create an ecosystem, but the yeah. trying is the operative word. Yeah, you can't even message mm-hmm. people on the on your friends list. Say, hey, what's your Mario Maker code? Yeah. I'm just picturing some poor schlubs at DNA telling Nintendo, okay, it would be really awesome. It would be really convenient for your users if you could do this. It would be, uh, this would be a great feature. And you've got some Nintendo guy um, that they're telling all this to just out of hand saying hell to the no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, give people a reason to spend 500 bucks on two switches versus, you know, 300 or 200. Yeah. And a bunch of money on games. Yeah. Not have to double that. Just yeah. have it on both. Yeah, because uh, I mean, even though there are Nintendo accounts, uh, like the the games that you buy are still console locked, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, a real pain in the ass. Um, yeah, it's real weird. Yeah, they just allowed people to transfer saves off of their systems. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like I mean, people you can have... transfer the the license, but it's a transfer. It's not a yeah. a share. Yeah. yeah. There's no people who like first started like Breath of the Wild on a friend's system. It's like, oh shit. I can't oh, yeah, do anything when I got mine. Mm-hmm. And it's like now like two years later, like they can actually do it, but mm. it's like some of the stuff they need to be parody with uh Sony and Microsoft on. Just mm. make it easy like transition to other people's systems yeah. or the new ones. Mm. And not necessarily have to be like, well, we're gonna cut and paste this to the next thing. Mm. You're not going to be able to go back to the old one. Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to you know, wait and see. I mean, there's still a couple of months left, so there's probably still more details to come out about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this is one of the big issues that they really need to address. Uh, yeah. They got cloud saves, sort of. Yeah, for most things, but then there's like a couple handful of things. Like, uh, these are like the really important games to me, mm. and you guys are punting on them. Yeah. For no real reason. Because mm. uh, like you can just manage people's information on Splatoon servers. Yeah. You could. Uh, There's no reason it has to be put on the user. Like you have to just keep your save. Don't ever lose it. Yeah. It's like, why is ranking uh, not on the server? And why is that being held on the client uh, things? Because that seems like a really great way of exploiting something. <laughs> Uh, which yeah, people have already done. Yeah. Shocking. And they're they're having their last like Splatfest hmm. coming up in a couple weeks. Or no, I think it's next weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you guys gotta unlock this cloud save stuff because you're not really supporting the game much anymore after that. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're no longer threatening whatever dumb principle you have for this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so apart from that, uh, Nintendo also announced a couple of more uh, games for the, uh, the the NES, Donkey Kong 3, and Wrecking Crew, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got a rewind feature as well, which is, uh, I think the NES and SNES Classic did have that. Um, so now it seems like it's up to par yeah. there. Um, It'll make it easier to not have to just save scum yeah. the whole time if you're trying to do that in some yeah. of these games, uh, which would be nice. So uh, mm-hmm. just managing the saves is a little bit cumbersome in there. Yeah. Uh, but also, Wrecking Crew sucks, as far as I know. Yeah, it's the... I don't know if I'm just missing... It's not great. Yeah. 
if I'm missing the context, but I, whenever I played it in like Animal Crossing or whatever, it's like this isn't fun. <laughs> like Nintendo, like, like nailed it like half the time on the NES, mm. which is still pretty good, but they are filling up the other half in this NES thing. Yeah, and the other one, well, Donkey Kong Three, uh, well, that's the one with Junior's. The main one there? At the same time... No, that's the one with Stanley kind of... shooting up Donkey Kong's ass. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I do kind of wish we could have that Nintendo back where they would just um, make all of the projects that they could possibly conceive of and see what works. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah. It's kind of been Nintendo on the, on the portables. Just yeah. like here's here's money, go make whatever weird shit you have an ideas for. Yeah, because I'm guessing now those games projects. are gonna die on the 3ds. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but also two games. I mean, come on, guys, you you could do better than this. Yeah, mm-hmm. they need yeah. to do better than this. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. It's like even if you're gonna you announce Super Nintendo at some point, like there's still a ton of. Uh, NES games that could go on there. Yeah. Well, if there's Super NES support launches with fewer than 20 games, that's going to be a fail in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but at least they're, the games that are on there like don't get rotated out. They're all still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just... Unless you have deep nostalgia for the NES, it's probably not a super deep list for people coming in that never played the NES before. Nope. That's sort of the big problem because you know Mega Man's not going to be in there because Capcom can sell that stuff there on their own. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Castlevania, you're not going to have in there because Konami can do that on their own. Same mm-hmm. with Contra. You, know, you lose. Yeah, some at the of very least, they are doing that, that on their own. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, mm-hmm. so. it's like some of that stuff just cuts out some of those games mm-hmm. that would probably yeah. be then be in there otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Look, maybe Square. You could throw some of your Final Fantasy stuff on there. Yeah. Drag Quest. Get NES e- official English translated ROMs of Final Fantasy 2 and 3 for the first time. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like that. I mean, yeah, Final Fantasy 2 is still going to be Final Fantasy 2, but. <laughs> you have safe states now, yeah. so you don't have to yeah. really fret too much about that stuff. Mm. Mm. That's sort of the worst part of playing like old JRPGs is you have to play them on their own terms instead of unless you have you know newer features like uh, clouds or saves and such you can do that save state stuff. Yeah. So I was like I can play on my own terms instead of just had to find the specific save point. Yeah. So I got get through this whole life. dungeon. Yeah. Hope you don't die. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, so well uh, that's Nintendo for us this week. Um, one decent announcement and one meh. It's, one, it's basically proving that the Nintendo Switch Online Virtual Console, well, Nintendo Entertainment System, as they're calling it, is, um, yeah, it's hot garbage. No other way to put it, really. It's it's still, it's kind of hard garbage. So uh, Let's move on to G2A, who uh, is featuring... Speaking on, of hot garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Is featuring on the show for two weeks in a row. Uh, yep. So uh, apparently G2A didn't like the bad publicity they were getting, so they decided that uh, the best answer to this 
would be to contact a, a bunch of sites and offer to pay them uh, to run an un, a quote-unquote unbiased part positive article about it uh, mm-hmm. and not disclose the fact that they were being paid by G2A to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is just kind of hilarious. Uh, so mm. the, the specific... You know the way they describe it, it in the email is, uh, we have written an unbiased article about how, quote, selling stolen keys on gaming marketplaces is pretty much impossible. <laughs> and we want to publish it on your website without being marked as sponsored or marked as associated with G2A. It is a transparent and just review of the problem of, so- of the stolen keys we're selling. Except for one slight little problem that uh, perhaps they. Didn't. It's like the exact opposite of the word transparent. Mm-hmm. Also illegal. Oh yes, very, very illegal. <laughs> yeah. What, what they what they're actually asking them to the these sites to do is violate FTC regulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I, I probably can't. guess how they responded to this is. Uh, they confirmed that it was. Uh, they said these emails were sent by our employee without authorization. First, we apologize to uh, some indie games, the, the person that pointed this out the first time, and nine other media outlets he sent this proposal to. He will face strict consequences as as this is absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. At this point, uh, like I, I'm, at, I'm at the point in in my uh, view of G2A where I, I don't. Even, I don't even think there is uh, an employee named Andrew. I, I I think they're lying about that too. Uh, yeah, there's somebody who's trying to do an investigation on that. Yeah, like, it's oh. and the way he could come away with this is that there might be somebody that's named that, mm. but he has no idea if they are the ones that actually did this. because <laughs> yeah. they have like a weirdly small like internet footprint. Yeah, for being somebody that works at. PR at a place like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'm just... Uh, the the more that comes out about this company, the more I'm like, ew. Just, yeah. ew. At the same time, though, I'm not even mad. I just want to see the next episode. Yeah. Like, I want to see how much worse this can get. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, there's this rogue employee who's trying to pay people for stuff. I was like... So how does he ac- have access to this account uh, to pay people for this stuff? Because it's probably not like, here's five bucks, you can do this. Yeah. Yeah, my my favorite uh, one reaction was uh, the, the guy that uh, published the entire email with the uh, tweet, nope. <laughs> just nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is just... God damn, what a... What a bunch of shitty people. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. I was thinking that's uh, Polygon, like, specifically bolded parts of this. That's in the actual email. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, they didn't, yeah, they didn't emphasize that. That's in there. <laughs> yeah. There, there's also another article claiming uh, recently that, uh, well, this week, I think a few days ago came out, that uh, uh, it... They can ban keys if they want, but the developers have to go and do all the work for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which the whole complaint is that indies have to do all the work to <laughs> verify these keys, and if they find them to be like stolen ones, it takes way too much work 
uh, time and money to get them, you know, taken care of. Yeah. So I, uh, like, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking that if I put up 150 or 200 keys of the same game, there might be a reason to investigate that. No, I'm not I'm not saying, you know. Yeah. It's like yeah, some of those will, okay, some of those will be legitimate and come from a legitimate source. But I have a feeling that uh, a good part of those are probably mm-hmm. going to be bought with stolen credit cards. So Yeah, which it's, uh, it's just a big shit show for them. Yeah. Because they, mm. that's just basically, Indies are like, just take our damn games off the platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't want any thing to do with you. Yeah. We don't want anything to do with it. And if you're not going to take it, well, then we're just going to tell people to pirate them instead. Because <laughs> that's much more cost effective for us. <laughs> and how fucked up of a world do we have to, do we have to live in when that is a good, the good yeah. option? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that- Which it makes a lot more sense why, like, Humble doesn't really do too much in the way of big bundles anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, they they generally do account links now. Uh, where Yeah, uh, or they'll put all of the games in as one code. Yeah. So you're not just getting, like, 15 codes. Yeah. And then you're like, hmm. okay, I can take the, the five I like, and I'm just going to sell the rest. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really do that. I mean, even, the, the, even like, those companies like Bundles are kind of uh, woken up to that, you know. So uh-huh. they're doing what they can. But anyway. Uh, next up, what do we got? The Konami news of the week. Uh, yeah. Yes. So they announced the full lineup for the TurboGrafx-16 slash PC Engine slash Core Graphics uh, Mini. Uh, and, uh, okay, first uh, thing to point out is that... They went all out. Yeah, <laughs> this is a big list. I mean, it's actually... It's actually too long to go through every single one of them because uh, there there's fifty games here. Well, uh, we don't have to go into detail on each one, but no, but uh, like all the stuff that you that I would expect in a greatest hits of the TurboGrafx sixteen is there. Um, you know, you got your blazing lasers that's in there. Um, R type is in there. Uh, let's see. Well, East Book one and two, which is a nice one to have. Yes. In there. Um, what else? Uh, the, both of the Notopias are there. Uh, uh-huh. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Chu Man Fu, I could have done without, but that's okay. Like there's a game called JJ and Jeff. Yeah, which is uh, great, actually. It just sounds like a very like '80s ass uh, buddy cop show. Yeah, uh-huh. the Japanese version of that game is bananas. Um, it's completely different. <laughs> so, uh, let's see what else we got here. New Adventure Island, that's a good one. Uh, some, yeah, I'm actually days. surprised we didn't get Keith Courage and Alpha Zones. Yeah. Because that's the one that everyone knows. It was the pack in for a while. Yeah. But we did get Lords and of it Thunder. It was an okay platformer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there's your soundtrack fix. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, of course, there's the, the PC Engine list, which is actually, you know, pretty significant in and of itself. Uh, Snatcher is on there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the Japanese version of East 1 and 2 as well. Um, yep. Just just because. Uh, mm-hmm. You get Japanese versions. Actually, American and Japanese versions of a lot of these. Uh, yeah. Although there's not quite the... Um, 
the overlap that you see with most of these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I what's what is interesting is I'm looking at uh, uh, here uh, Daimaki Mura and Aldines. Those are both uh, super graphics games. Yep. Mm. So those are on there. I'm guessing the other one's going to be in there too somewhere. Uh, what else we got here? Star Fortress. Uh, you got uh, oh, PC Genjin. That's yep. Bonk's Adventure. Yep. Uh, and uh, Akubaju Dracula Chimorando. Yes. <laughs> which I really wasn't expecting to see on this, but I'm really glad it's there. It's Bomberman uh, 94, too. Yes. 94 and 93. Yeah. You get both. Yeah. Yeah, the roster is better on 94. It was really missing when uh, Bomberman got hurt in 93. had to be taken out. <laughs> uh, well, those games were... Basically identical, except yeah, there's a, but yeah, they're great. Panic bomber, yep. Bomberman, panic bomber, yep. There's the some Gradius, Gradius and Salamander, and all yes. the weird offshoots they did of those. Mm-hmm. Super Parodia. Darius, yeah. Star Parodier, yeah, <laughs> which is weird. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of shmups on the Japanese side. I'm noticing. Um, some RPGs. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm Basically, kind of... everything that was great about the the Turbo Duo. Yeah, they're also going to sell a multi tap. Good. Yeah. So that's that's going to be pretty. Especially with those Bomberman games on there, you need them. Yeah. Oh, how did I miss Kadash? That's on there. Yeah, uh, both of the original Working Designs games are on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, this is uh, it's coming out in March of 2020, and boy, that's that's a long ways to go. Those working designs games are kind of telling too. Mm-hmm. You think they're finally? Do you think they um, that Vix finally got their ear? I I suspect, yeah, because uh, yeah, there so, something is happening here with this Konami because this lineup, yeah, this is not like a thrown together. Uh, type of lineup. There is there is some curation going on here. Yes, and very good curation. Yeah. Uh, so do we know because, who's working and, on this? And last time that um, the last time Vic tried to um, to advise them, they basically told him to go fuck himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is um, this is telling. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be up to figuring out who's doing the uh, like the software and the emulation for this. Because um, yeah. Uh, yeah, if they can get if they've got M two for this, then they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, mm. that's not to say they're the only competent party, but they would be the holy shit announcement. Mm. Uh, so duties. Yeah, it's uh, wait a minute. Let's see the Genesis Mini. Yeah, M two is doing this. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh. So take my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. I guess another little tiny console is going to enter my home fairly soon. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. next year anyway. Hey. That, that's enough to get me to pre-order. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what the hacking community does does with this because. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, f- fan translations there of some of these yeah. games are already available. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just. I'm sure play. there are people who would love to have those old Legend of Heroes games on there. Yeah. 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 We'll we'll see what M2 does if they leave enough space for people to make use of. Mm. Yeah. As is their want. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nintendo did. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. What else we got here? The Taiwanese uh, ratings board uh, accidentally leaked the new Super Monkey Ball game. Whoopsie. Uh, yep. Yep. Switch, PS4, PC. Yep. No Xbox One. That's weird. Yeah, let's see. Oh, the girls. Tabe Goro Super Monkey Ball. <laughs> Japanese. Yeah, that's that's Japanese as fuck. Uh, which means ripe or ready to eat. Okay. Um, so they're going to be eating monkeys this time. Or bananas. I, I don't know. There's, there's something weird going on, uh, but it's Super Monkey Ball, so you kind of expect uh, it. I think I'm just going to go back to Marble Blast Ultra where it's safe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that, game is, that game is great. Uh, but yeah, so new Super Monkey Ball for those who are actually interested in it. Um, I don't know. They, they were fun. They were very, very, very Japanese. Um, and very, very hard, too. Yeah. Yeah, they, they didn't fuck around, did they? No, they did not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, we got... What do we want to talk about? Yeah. So remember, we talked a little bit a while back about uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey getting a story creator? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, for what I was started, it, it worked out pretty well, and people liked it. Yeah. So uh, players uh, decided that uh, one of the things that they could do was uh, make stories that were really easy to get uh, a lot of experience very quickly. Yeah. And yeah. That if you could do that, it meant that you could sort of bypass a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the monetization that Ubisoft had put into that game. Uh-huh. And they noticed. Yeah, and they started to ban all of them because, yeah, can you be a little bit more transparent, Ubisoft? Yeah. They tried to put it as like, well, I mean, this is cheating, and we don't want people to cheat. You know, it's not like you can actually buy XP or anything in this game. Uh, spoiler alert: you can totally buy XP. Yeah. In this yes, game. you can. Ubisoft is very happy to sell it to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like their quote is: "These exploits risk jeopardizing the overall quality, integrity, and purpose of story creator mode, and results in less visibility for the creative." Interesting and frankly fantastic community stories that have been published. Mm-hmm. It says a lot when those uh, XP quests uh, rise to the top that maybe you guys uh, balance the game Badly. too far <laughs> in uh, the grinding aspect of the game. Yeah. Mm. Plus, I mean, who are you actually cheating? Uh, it's a single player game. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're cheating the poor uh, Ubisoft money counters at Ubisoft. Who, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, who don't get their 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 money? Uh, he says, "It's just, yeah, it's shitty." <laughs> I mean, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to, if you want to actually use that excuse uh, of uh, of them, you know, being ba- buried, maybe you should cur- curate your uh, featured articles a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, just there's a bit. No, yeah, there's no reason that these things can't exist on there as well. Uh, you know, it, it's yeah. just because they don't want to uh, them to undermine their monetization. So, Maybe they should just have XP tied to them. Yeah. It's like just let people write up, you know, neat stories and such. Yeah. 
Of course you can, so people did. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it's like the first thing that people do when you get mod tools is figure out ways to uh, boost your, your progress. I, mean, yeah, I remember seeing, like, uh, specific uh, levels in, like, Little Big Planet just about getting XP or here's a bunch of stuff you can unlock yeah. more easily. Or here's how easy ways to get trophies. Yeah, and there's, like, sort of thing. it even happens in their other games, like, you know, Trials Fusion. Which uh, yeah. had levels where had custom levels where it's just uh, yeah, just do this and you'll get this trophy. Uh, yeah, you Dang. know, it's like uh, this stuff happens when you give people uh, tools and trying to uh, basically uh, snuff it out for a reason that everybody is seeing through just makes you look really, really bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you'd be soft. Why you you'd be so French? If they'd have straight up admitted that, yeah, it's um, undermining our DLC policy or our business model, then at least, you know. Yeah, but they don't want to appear with, like, you know, an evil corporation, especially when, you know, they're creating a game like, you know, Watch Dogs Legion, which is all about taking, you know, (laughs) undermining that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just, yeah, they're just, wow. Sometimes they are. Sometimes corporations do really stupid things. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're getting closer to the end here. So let's go uh, get going here. Uh, so Retro Arch, you guys are familiar with it? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as a post on their uh, site, Retro Arch is going to Steam. Uh, and they're expecting at the end of the month, uh, July 30th, you'll be able to go to Steam and download it from there. Um, this is kind of interesting in that uh, I don't think I've ever seen like an actual emulation platform or, yeah, ever. Mm-hmm. End up I think there. the closest was the the Sega yeah. Genesis thing. Yeah. A lot of people just upload their own ROMs. Yeah. And that went well. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're still there. <laughs> Eventually, Sega was like, yeah, we can't, Joe, no, we can't. <laughs> so they just end up staying there. Uh, but yeah, this uh, the ROMs aren't going to be distributed with it or anything like that. It's just going to be the platform. And uh, this is going to be kind of interesting in that um, it's going to let them do things like you know, keep it up to date. Uh, with the the Steam updater, it's just going to make it a lot easier for people to to keep their retro arch you know, up to date. And, yeah. Uh, so there's that advantage. Uh, but they also say that they're going to be looking at uh, leveraging some of the Steam features, like Workshop and stuff, to for additional cores or whatever. Um, so that's going to be weird, and we'll see where that goes. But they said that's not going to be at launch. That's that's going to come later. Uh, they're going to have people keep an eye on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 So I, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they just straight up go, no, you can't distribute ROMs. Uh, that's, that may be one thing they have that they have to do. Uh, well, then you also have to watch out for people sneaking them in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see this going in an opposite direction. And I've hinted at this in one of my Sound Off videos years ago. What would What would be the likelihood of a possibility where the industry is more or less forced into a position where they more or less have to make, have some kind of online uh, marketplace for uh, standard format ROMs. 
That's um, I think closer than we uh, when than we think now. Because every every time people take the proprietary route, it gets undermined. Yeah. Yeah, well, the way I'm seeing it is like, well, RetroArch, it, it's being used for for emulation, but it's really just an API platform. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you could pretty much do just about anything on there. Um, so, and what's to stop someone from, like, like, say Sega, for instance, from saying, "Well, uh, RetroArch is here. Uh, it's got great Genesis cores. Uh, it's got a really spectacular Sega Saturn core." So why don't we sell a Sega Saturn pack that uh, brings in the the RetroArch uh, as a as a requirement? Um, you know I, that that's where I see this going eventually. Yeah, mm. and then from there your um, your open ROM marketplace becomes a matter of course. Yeah, because uh, well the. I see a potential for people getting a little bit upset by that. Uh, mm-hmm. In that, well, it's, well, Sega's making money off these games. Well, yeah, they own them. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just they're using a tool that's available uh, there um, to like play them to, to let you play them. I mean, that's and that wouldn't even necessarily be mandatory. Eventually, you could just have. You know, these you can use these with any working emulator because it's a standard format. Exactly. Or you know, you could burn them off and play them on your real hardware. I mean, uh huh. You know, that's uh, <laughs> that would be great for a lot of people to be able to get like you know, Panzer Dragoon Saga again and not have to pay four hundred, five hundred dollars for a copy. Yep. Uh, so. Yeah, that's, that's and even if even if Sega wanted to price gouge, even if they wanted to sell it at you know the fifty sixty bucks it went for when it hit retail, uh, how much money would they print? Oh, it's it still make a lot of money. They would make bank. Yeah, yeah. Because the cool thing that they could do is you know do things like uh, have specific configurations for those games, basically, or have uh, you know custom assets to, to bring in HD textures, whatever they wanted mm-hmm. to do. You know, it's, uh, the, the sky's the, the sky's the limit with RetroArch. We've seen, we've seen the, the, this team do uh, some spectacular stuff. I think the relationship between publishers and, um, emulation technology is about to change in considerable ways. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Because you now, with RetroArch being on Steam, it's it's not hidden in the shadows anymore. It's it's here. It's front and center. Uh, yeah, let's let's see what Nintendo does because they are you know they don't like things that emulate their stuff. Uh, but man, if they got if they got forced into it, yeah, and this could be this could be such a market force. Yeah, we'll see. Mm. Yeah, I do need to do a follow up on RetroArch uh, at some point because uh, recently they have made some significant improvements. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll check back later on there. Uh, finally, well, second to finally, uh, we talked about this story a little while back where uh, 3D Realms' new Ion Maiden game uh, was in trouble with Iron Maiden because of mm-hmm. obvious reasons. Well, that situation seems to have resolved itself because uh, mm-hmm. uh, the game has now been renamed to Ion Curie, which is, well, 
less of honestly awesome. a better name mm-hmm. and frankly should have been the first to begin with yeah so, yeah. so uh yeah it's 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 come out of early access now so you can get it well you could mm-hmm. before but now it's actually like you know a game game mm-hmm. an early access game um yeah. so yeah It'll be out on August 15th, out of early access. Yep. Coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch at some other time. Yep. So, PC, hopefully, uh, hopefully it ends up on GOG as well, because that's where I like to buy my games now. Mm-hmm. Nice point. Uh, and finally, Valve is launching uh, some Steam Labs features, which is basically, remember Google Labs, where you had like all the experimental stuff that they were working on that you can turn on? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but for Steam. Yep, they're throwing up a bunch of sort of test stuff they're working on, uh, like work in progress type stuff, which they have three up right now. Mm-hmm. If you go up on the Steam Labs page, which is store.steampower.com slash labs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is micro trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, lovingly generated six-second game trailers, if you know that Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they do the six-second uh, Steam trailers. Yeah. Uh, they're essentially uh, arranging that on a page so you can digest them all at a glance. Mm. Uh, <laughs> essentially, I believe they partnered with the guy that made that uh, whole thing uh, to get that working here. Huh. Uh, so, yeah, that's a pretty neat way to do that because mm-hmm. I don't like looking at any trailers on Steam. Yeah. Uh, especially for games that have like five or six of them. It's like, uh, I don't have time for all this shit. <laughs> Yeah, this is just gonna scroll down and look at it. This is this is I I am I am terrified of this because I've seen Max Headroom. I remember Blipverts. Remember Mm -hmm. what happened Mm. when when those got uh, popular? Yeah, Uh, we're heading we're heading in that direction. I I I do like my head in one piece. Please, Uh, Mm. can we not have the exploding thing? Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they offer a couple different options. Is looking on it right now. Uh, you can have it just play like an entire row's worth of uh, trailers at once, or like do two by two grids yeah. uh, from different points in a trailer. So stuff like that. Uh, they also have the automated show, which is a half-hour video featuring the latest Steam launches. Yeah. Uh, leave it on a second monitor while you work, or glue your eyeballs to it and let hundreds of games wash over you. Uh, kind of a way of a different way of trying to get games into your uh, mind, I guess. Oh, a half hour away. Because the, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Because like, looking at the uh, the home the home page for Steam is not a great idea for that stuff. No, because there's just tons of shit on there. So you're basically watching half an hour of asset flips and uh, hate speech. Yeah, that that seems like a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, maybe I don't know. I just played I guess... it. It's showing me uh, like the Stranger Things game. Hmm. The first thing, you like have that. to curate that stuff. I mean, somebody's going to edit it, so yeah, hmm. that's showing me a cooking simulator game. Hmm. Okay, uh, yeah, that seems neat. A way of doing like the the shows you see, like when you're in a GameStop on the TV. Yeah, like hey, here's games you might want to check out that we mm-hmm. got paid to put up here. Yeah, that's actually kind of a good idea. Yeah, if you could yeah. nail that without the. Uh, fake enthusiasm, then it might be pretty good. Yeah. And it seems like it's all just showing you trailers yeah. and stuff like that. So it's like yeah. giving you like a, a more condensed way of just checking out a bunch of stuff without necessarily having to browse mm-hmm. through Steam. Yeah. And hoping 
it somehow guides you between a bunch of different games. Hmm. Um, and the other one is the interactive recommender, hmm. which uh, looks at your top played games on your account and uses machine learning to recommend other titles it thinks you'll love. Uh, final classics by directing towards popular titles released in the past 10 years. Discover the Diamond in the Rough by zeroing in on niche games launched in the past six months. Uh, it seems like a neat way of trying to rethink the way it recommends stuff because right now, if you own enough games, it just it has a brain fart and just throws up whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I've noticed sometimes it makes recommendations that have no bearing to reality. Uh, so. Yeah. Or, or it just recommends, like, you've played an anime game once. Here's all of the hentai games on Steam. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> I, I know I played Blaze Blue, but that doesn't mean I want this. Uh, yeah. 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 You can like give it like time frames for how old the games can be, uh, different kinds of popularity, uh, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Pick some different general tags for like genres, or exclude those sort of tags. Yeah. Uh, and say, hey, don't show me stuff that's already on my wish list. Yeah. I do like a recommendation engine that would be like kind of something that I could go to instead of being pushed on me. Uh, yeah. It's something like, you know, well, I'm not really sure what to get today. What, I mean, just can you like suggest some stuff? It's like, you know, like asking the guy at the GameStop who's like, uh, well, remember that, who was like super knowledgeable. Uh, I'm sure we remember uh, at least one person like that. Uh, I, I have a pretty good GameStop, though, to be fair. Yeah, so yeah. You know, that's that's the kind of thing I'd like to see. You know, making a kind of return. So. Yeah, the problem with this is that Clicker Games are my most played games, and it's telling me all the same ones I've seen and skipped over. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't want these. Yeah, you should be able real to just games. go. Okay, well, okay, just don't show me this kind of game. Just yeah, there's no like, clicker yeah. tag in there. Yeah, in the filter. Mm. There needs to be <laughs> idle. There might be a tag in there. Uh, well, there's indie. It's like action adventure, atmosphere, casual, co-op, early access, first person, free to play, indie, massively multiplayer, multiplayer, open world RPG, shooter, simulation, single player, strategy, survival, and VR. Yeah. How do clicker That's games end up in any of those? <laughs> I guess free to play, but people charge for hmm. some of them. I guess. Yeah. And that's like, hey, you get Gyromancer. Mm. And like, this is oh, why no. it's still a labs feature, because it's not quite done yet. That's yeah, showing me all the puzzle games. Yeah. Oh, there's a racing clicker game? Okay, now I need to check that out. <laughs> God damn it. I don't yeah. know how you do that. Yeah. Uh, okay, this looks weird. Mm. It's called Idle Racing Go Clicker Tycoon. Oh, dear. It's an early access. Mm. Well, you can make a clicker game on just about anything. So, race over twenty thousand opponents in different leagues. Okay, twenty thousand of them. Like tune cars, jump on the world of illegal racing. Sure. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna end up checking this out, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a racing you, you racing game you can play without necessarily having to race. Yeah, racing yeah. game you play very slowly. You can play a racing game while you're playing this, too. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's more like a manager-type game, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to wrap up the show, but uh, before we do, uh, yeah, Chris, you got anything planned tonight? Uh, 
I was thinking about playing some Detroit's uh, on the stream tonight. Right. So it's like that's uh, out on PlayStation Plus, and it's like, you know what? I want to stream that. Mm. Like, just show off what that game is. Yeah. Because there's plenty of people that got it, and it's like don't know really, don't really know what it is. And it's like people are like, oh, this is an interactive movie. It's like not really. It's mm. an adventure game. Yeah. Uh, that sort of thing, and it's like people should actually check it out because. Well, it looks good. amazing. It it's pretty good. Mm. All right, and we'll definitely get that fish. We'll save that fish mm-hmm. at the beginning of the game. Yeah, yeah, gotta save the fish. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, the internet will be unhappy. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so we'll wrap it up for today. Uh, remind everybody you can check us out on uh, Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm slash Day Zero Update is where you can find us. Uh, hit that uh, message button to send us a message, and you know we we want to want to hear from you. Make the show a little bit more interactive, so it's not just us blabbing on for an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, and also check out uh, Smashpad.com. Uh, Dan Reb's Mario Maker Two review is up there. Uh, spoiler alert: it's good. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be uh, getting Bloodstained wrapped up here in the next uh, couple of days. So. Uh, so that will be it for now. So for uh, Patrick Mifflin, Brian Perkins, and Chris Sologi, I've been Filippo Dinolfo, and we'll see you next week.